game JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Give them a shot to do what? Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don Donato Bucci and remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts and remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel Give Us a Shot Network. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction into our guy Mike Regina with the JT and the Don intro music. We have one half of the dynamic duo from Stuff About Sports, also presented by Give Us a Shot Network. He'll be on with us, but first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. Nice hat, and how you feeling today? Damn, uh, this this a setup. You're actually complimenting me for wearing another team's hat. See, because we got guests on, now you want to act nice and like things don't bother you in civil so i'm not falling for this shit. Listen, you, are, you, you either you either nervous that somebody's gonna see how petty you are firsthand or you just didn't prepare for the show and you're trying to be nice which one is it listen listen first it's not a raven's hat i got you it's not just a Bengals hat it's not an eagle i mean hat. i can pull it up it's, it's right here on it's right here on the counter i can I go get that shit and I, change the show real quick I, i'm always nice to you but I don't need to be nice on purpose in front of this guest because he's he's one of us, man. He, he's part of part of the family. So, you know, I, I don't need to be extra nice to you. I'm just being nice. It's a nice hat. Take the compliment. And can we start the show? Can't you just do that? Man, I, I, I know a setup when I see one, man. So anyway, yeah, but before whatever. we start again, like I said, half one half of the dynamic duo of give of stuff about sports germ. Welcome back, man. Great, great to have you. Great to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, uh, a fun time every time we all get together. Thank you for having me on the show. And I can't wait to uh, destroy JT today on his uh, fair weather fan hats uh, every week. Wow. Switches, wow. Switching hats, switching teams like the weather. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. I see what type of show it's going to be. So let's start off with something that I know uh, Don is just going to be gloating about. So, I mean, if you don't know, last Last week was probably one of the best weeks in boxing history as far as the fights that we saw. We saw in a way, and then of course, Bud Crawford, they were both dominant. Um, there's plenty to discuss, especially with the uh, Errol Spence and Crawford fight. This man got beat down. But let's start with this, man, because this fight was really close. Uh, you called it Don, but you also said it was going to be a 50-50. So a lot of people thought it was going to be much closer than it actually was. Errol Spence got beat down <laughs> like Martin facing Tommy the Hitman Hearns. What went wrong for Errol Spence? Because I got to hear this from you because Bud Crawford is your guy. Yeah. Well, Bud Crawford's speed, power, boxing IQ, his training, his jab, his power, his speed. I think I said power and speed already because I want to emphasize power and speed. Like, that's what went wrong. Like, Errol Spence, he's a, he's a really good fighter. But Bud Crawford's on a diff different level when he showed it. And again, 
power and speed. If you watch that fight, it was like usually Errol Spence has both of those, but he was he was outclassed. Um, and really, Bud Crawford able to work the jab, and, and Spence wasn't. Um, you know, Spence just didn't seem to have it, but I think the reason is Bud Crawford, different level. He just outclassed him. What can you say? Just Bud being Bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be his motto. I like that. You should. We should get that. You know, get him like a Bud Light sponsor or something. Darren, before I go to you, I'm, I'm going to say I probably saw one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in a boxing match in this fight. Like Spence is getting his ass whooped, and I think this is what I think this is when it was over. And you got Bud Crawford talking to Charlo, like in the stands, saying like, "Look, man, you next." Like, imagine how disrespectful and how good of a boxer you have to be to be beating the dude who people think that you're in a 50-50 fight. This is probably one of the top fights, at least of the last five years. you beating this man down, and you look at the guy sitting ringside like, hey, man, you next. I'm going to do this to you. Like, I've never seen – I don't even think I've seen Tyson ever do something like that. Like, I got respect for Crawford, but it was it's at another level now. That's a bad man. Germ, tell me, what went wrong for Spence? Um, when Crawford came out with Eminem to lose yourself, it was over. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you know, how confident you have to be like M don't just come out for any old uh, Tom, Dick and Harry. He comes out for the real stuff at that moment. I know buddy was running into Jim Brown in his pants in the <laughs> ring watching that happen. I mean, it, as soon as S heard Eminem's voice, it wasn't just curtains. It was drapes. It was shades and it was vertical blinds. It was over. He beat him. I mean, it was bad. He beat him so bad. He beat him like Ike did Tina. I mean, he oh, went straight no. after it. I was, it was bad. I mean, and, and so I get that the, again, I'm not an avid, I'm a casual boxing fan. So I had to like research these guys. I mean, it, this was billed to be one of the better boxing matches in a long time. And he just beat the brakes off of him. It was bad. It was super bad, and and I don't know what went wrong. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There was an issue with Spence's weight. Did he like move up in weight or move down or something? Something about his weight that they said he, that he stayed off. Like that was like the big post fight excuse. Yeah. Uh, well, he he fight. wants he wants to move up to 154. They fought that at 147, um, but he yeah. feels naturally he's more of a 154 guy. Um, and you know, sometimes when you got to cut that much weight, you're dehydrated, you're not yourself, you don't have that energy. So, well, listen, Crawford was on Spence like Whitney was on crack. I mean, it was he got him that bad, it was bad. It was, man, I don't know about these references, I don't know about these references tonight, man. I can't approve of those, no. Hey, look, hey, look, hey, look man, this is this is this is what you're gonna get. I agree, I agree with you guys. It was, it was all those things, like as soon as he came out with Eminem, I know. The guys were like, oh, man, it's over. Like, it was just too hype. Like, just the, the pressure you put on yourself to come out with Eminem, like you said, like, you can't lose that fight, man. Like, if Eminem is coming out and walking you to the ring, that's one of the goats. But, Don, like, you bring up all the right points. And I will say this. I feel like main thing that went wrong for Spence was he just didn't have an answer with Crawford catching up to his timing. Like, I feel like any time that Spence was throwing a combination, Crawford got him right between clean shots, man. It's just like... He didn't adjust, and I feel like his trainers failed him before the fight, and they failed him during the fight. Like, you got to be able to adjust to that. Like, hey, if he's messing up your combinations and tagging you perfectly between those, like, y'all got to have a game plan to adjust. And I feel like that's what happens with a guy like Spence when you're used to fighting one way and dominating guys that 
can't adjust to what you do well and you fight a guy like Bud, it's not going to go well. And that's what I didn't expect to happen. And he just tore him apart, man. I just felt like he just had no answer for, you know, breaking up in the timing between the combinations that he was throwing. And that's what ultimately got his face looking like Martin. Like it was just ridiculous. So I we'll talk about this in a minute, but well, Errol Spence got some decisions to make. But yeah, the, the first before, immediate thing. Well, before we move on, uh, Jeremy, bring up the Eminem thing. I'm usually not a fan of artists coming out with the boxers. I, I just think you can't hear them that well. Like just come out to the set music, play your music. And, and have the attention be on you as the boxer because that's your one moment to really shine because if you get beat in the ring at least you had that good ring walk but i admit that was great as soon as i saw eminem too i was like you know what changes my opinion if you get the right guy to come down with you and then two i like what Derek wrote here thanks for listening putting that comment back up arrow looked out of it walking into the building jt and i kind of we're texting about this. You text before. me ASAP. <laughs> be real. He texts me. He goes, is he high? I was like, I yeah. think he might be. Man. Yeah. Like, like he, he just didn't look himself. I mean, we were joking about that comment, but in a sense we weren't, we were like, up something's with up with him. Yeah, yeah. Something's up with him. So good, good comment there by Derek. Good, good observation as, as well. And also too, I want, I want to add on to what we were talking about as far as like what went wrong. I feel like me personally, I always fall for this trap. And I think, people going into boxing matches as fans fall for this trap sometime i used to do it with floyd mayweather all the time it's like oh this guy he's gonna be fighting is aggressive he has power i'm like yeah like floyd's not really that type of fighter there's no way he's gonna be able to get into a brawl and then they don't get into a brawl and like this is exactly what happens i remember like when he fought was it Gotti, and i was like oh man like he's got too much power he's aggressive he can take punches floyd's just not that strong and it was over and this is kind of like those same scenarios where you're like these great technicians, Bud's got more power, obviously, but it's like we always think these brawlers are going to come in and be Mike Tyson. Like, it just destroy everybody, and it just never happens. So, yeah, styles make fights, like you say. But immediate thing on everybody's mind is there's a rematch. There's a rematch clause in this. But after how bad this first fight went, do you think there will be a round two with this? Uh, Jeremy, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go first, if you don't mind. Go for I'm it. I'm going to. I don't think there is going to be a rematch. I think that night in the moment when he was interviewed, meaning Spence, he wanted it. But I guarantee you, he woke up the next morning and the way he felt in rewatching that fight, if he even wanted to watch it and looking in the mirror, he was like, nah, I I'm good right now. Like to me, Spence wants to move up to 154. It's in the contract, the rematch clause that's in the contract, I should say, says the winner gets to pick the weight. If I'm Bud Crawford, and I'm not ready to move up to 154, I'm staying at 147. So if you want the rematch, no problem. Exercise that rematch clause. We're going to fight at 147. I'm going to make this dough, and then I'm going to go on because the two big fights at 147 for Bud now are uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr., Virgil Ortiz Jr., sorry, and Jerron Ennis, Boots Ennis. He's the up-and-coming thing. I'm telling you, at 147, when Crawford gets to that age where he can't fight the way he is now, Boots Ennis is the next guy. So do you, Crawford... think, do you think though that because Crawford dominated him, dominated him so badly that he might be arrogant enough to be like, you know what, yeah, I'll move up to 154 and just beat your ass there? But I, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I think for Bud right now, it doesn't make sense. Cause once you go to 154, JT, 
I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he can go back to 147. Like, think about Manny Pacquiao. He went through like eight different divisions. It's tough as you get older to go back to put your body through that. So that's why I don't think Bud's ready for 154 when he can make he can make some good money with those two fights. And those are like legit. Those are really legit fights. Plus Spence, I don't know if he exercised the rematch clause anyway, because did you see the beating he took? Like he's not ready for that. He gets in the ring again. It's going to be another. Did Spence he's, see the beating he, he took? Because I don't. I don't know if he's looked at the pictures of himself online. Man, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Spence. Like he's going to have a couple tune-up fights before he fights anyone good again. That's that's what I would do for him because if they put him back in right away with Crawford, it, it's it's almost he's boxing malpractice. It's almost boxing malpractice. Like he's not ready for that again, especially if Crawford's going to keep it at one forty-seven. So. I don't think there's going to be a rematch. Not right now. Maybe down the line in a year or two, but not right now. Jerm, we know you're not buying the fight regardless, but is there a rematch? <laughs> <laughs> nah, fire stick, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, VPN, baby. So listen, uh, he did activate his rematch clause. He wants to fight him before the end of the year, which would put it at December, I would assume. Uh, he wants to fight him again, of course. And of course he does. He got his ass kicked. Like, I mean, that's what happens. You ever been in grade school and you fought some kid and he beat you Not up? Like that. like Not like that. Not like that. I never got beat up like that. <laughs> Code of the streets, y'all. Y'all know better than this. Hey, I want my lick back. You ain't going to put me out like that. Jerm, I, you, Jerm, you I guarantee gonna... you in your life, you have never had your ass whooped. Like I've never, I no, never. But I'm not even you, to you, scale. Like you have never got beat up like that before. No, I, I've lost one fight in my life, and that was it. But let me tell you, you know how it works. He wants his lick back, and he wants it back as soon as possible. And everybody, like you, one, his pride. He ain't gonna go out like that because he's never. He one, he has to get the rematch. And even if he doesn't win, he has to fight better than he did because then that affects his purses in the future. That's just how boxing works, right? He has to get the rematch and he has to look more respectable because if he leaves it the way it is now, he is done as a money draw for boxing. Boxing can't afford it and he can't afford it. Crawford, he already says he wants to fight Chalo. I want to see him fight Alvarez. And and uh, uh, and. So, but he's gonna have to fight. He's gonna the guy already. He, I believe, he activated it in the ring. Still, I, that might have just been CTE I, talking. I don't but. know, Jerm. I, I looked it up. I don't see him officially. I mean, you could say that in the ring, but there needs to be. But he did it at the press too. conference too. With his he, he might, he might still be having you know residual effects from the fight, but he might really didn't mean that. He says he wants a rematch. Himself. He didn't exercise it yet. If not, it'd be uh, all over the news. I mean, I, I got you, you. you bring up a good point though. He definitely said he, he wants the rematch. All I'm saying is that was in the heat of the moment. Like, 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 you just got your ass. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Worldwide. And the, dude, and, and the guy that was interviewing him asking the right question is, I was like, you want to get there again? What are you supposed to be like? Hell no. I don't want to get there again. Absolutely. What do you expect him to say? He got to say, like, yeah, I want to run it back. He didn't sound too convincing when I saw him. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I want to get back in there. You know, damn well. But he also know. said it. He also said it in the post in the in the press conference the press outside conference. of the ring. Like they, he yeah. he said it twice. So uh, I think in his head, he knows he has to fight again. He has to fight him in a rematch because he went out looking so bad. Like you can't. It's not really about getting his lick back against Crawford. It's literally about protecting uh, his future earnings in boxing. He cannot let this be his last impression with boxing fans and um, the people who are in charge of the money. 
man, he can come back and win three straight fights. I'm gonna remember this shit. Because the, the, one, no, paid, but that's why he needs to fight. That's no, why he no, needs I'm to gonna fight tell you Crawford. Why. Yeah. One, I paid ninety dollars for this fight, <laughs> and I feel like if they didn't have yeah. such a decent relationship, <laughs> the shit could have been over in three rounds. So, I, I agree with Don. Like, there's not gonna be a rematch because this rematch has no value. Just for what I said, nobody is paying ninety dollars ninety dollars to watch this again, and. Bud messed it up. Like he beat him so bad, nobody wants to watch this fight. They're already talking about him fighting Charlo, uh, Shakur Stevenson. I think um, even Tank Davis. I don't know how it would work with the weight, but even he's like, "Hey, I want a shot at Bud." Like hmm. that rematch with Spence. I know they tried to build this trilogy. That ship has sailed past. It is Titanic. It is sank. It is over. Nobody is paying to watch that. Like I'm not. I'm not even going to Duffy's. Or Twin Peaks to pay cover the watches for twenty dollars. I'm not. Hey, send me your your Fire Stick link. I'll watch it there. Maybe. Like I'm not watching it. So it's dead. And I think he knows that too. And I wish that I would have saw this before Don and I made our predictions. I don't know if you saw they did like the like the pre-fight photos. You know they they square off. And Spence is thanking Bud for this opportunity, basically to, to do this fight, make it happen, and make money. I'm like, oh man, right, he's acting like, oh, this is like the last contract, like. He was just happy to be there and get the money, and I don't see it happening again. Like, there's no value in this. So I'm not paying for it. Germ's definitely not paying for it. Don, you might pay for it because I know you just can't help yourself or you'll end up at Dave & Buster's to watch him get his ass beat again in a year from now when when they give him the the permission to fight this man again. Like, I don't see that happening. But I, I want to. Dwayne, Dwayne Schultz, um, thanks for the comment. Thanks for wa watching. He says, round two – is weighed up. Bud wants to move up anyways. I don't know if he wants to, like, like I said, if I was him, I would not move up just yet because you can still make good money at 147 with the Ortiz and then um, Ennis and then go up to 154. Uh, Beverly Thompson says, Jimmy never lost a fight Straight as trolling. a kid. <laughs> <laughs> See this. This is why you can't give family members access to comment. This is a troll. I see. We'll talk. We'll talk about this. I'll text you later. I I I'd appreciate that. But serious note though, because this is conversation that people are having. Like there are serious concerns for Errol Spence. Should he consider retirement? No, no, no. I mean, he's still a really good fighter. Two to three years left in his prime. You sure move about up, that? Move up. You sure about that? Listen, it's Bud Crawford. We're, we're going to get to the next question, but it's Bud Crawford. There's a reason why I say it's Bud Crawford. Like, move up and wait. Get one or two easy fights under your belt, and then go get paid. Get get one of the bigger fighters. You can move up to 154 and fight Charlo, and there's some other guys in there too. And I think Castaño is another guy. Like, go in there. It's just, you know, people feel th – this is what I don't like about boxing, other than the the uh, the – Corruption. not the refs but the judges yes the judges not the, it's the only sport we don't know the score until the very very end like even in gym, gymnastics figure skating where it's it's point based with judges you know what the last skater or what the last gymnast needs to do to win you don't know that in boxing going into the last round it's the only sport but other than that the one thing I don't like is I think we knew if, in this fight what the score if, was. Yes. If you <laughs> a lot like, we, like, we, we needed, we <laughs> a needed lot to give us a recap round by round. Like we knew. <laughs> we knew who won the round. So what I don't like in boxing though is you get one loss and it's like your career's over. 
everything's done, your legacy is tarnished. Like, why? UFC fighters end up with eight losses, and they're known as the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Like, we need to stop with the Floyd Mayweather, Rocky Marciano comparisons that everyone needs to go 49-50-0. That's the only way you can be great and have a legacy. Manny Pacquiao lost plenty of fights. He's still known as one of the best of all time. So it's okay that Errol Spence lost. Don't retire. You're 33. Do a couple more years. Make that money. Set yourself up right. And then get into commentating. So Ain't, no, ain't nobody listening to what you're saying, man. He better wrap it up and he go fight one of the Paul brothers. That's the only way he's going to make money. Bring me on Jeremy, as the manager. Jeremy, I'm Jeremy, saving Jeremy. his career tonight. Jeremy, hey, man, should this man throw his shoes over the over the power lines, man? Yeah, he got to hang done? up the gloves. It's hang up no. the gloves. Get it right. No. Nah, he, got, he got he got. He got he got beat for real. He got to throw the shoes over the power line. This ain't hanging up gloves. Like he got to nah. he got to throw those so everybody in the neighborhood know he done. Nah, he he has one loss, right? Like I mean, what are you, what are we doing? What are, Tyson has six losses. Does is, does that mean Tyson isn't any any? Yeah, and it was to a great fighter. He's still a good fighter. Like it's like you said, you know, he's he, he's gonna bounce back whether he does get the rematch or not, which I think he will. But he's going to go on and win other fights. Uh, now, if he loses a fight against somebody else and gets his ass kicked the way he did, then we could talk about retiring. But he has one loss, right? Like, so what are we talking about here? No, just yeah, hopefully get your rematch and get your respect back. But if not, you move on to the next fight. Uh, there's always the next fight. And just just move on. But to re- talk about – and JT's not the only uh, diabolical hater out there talking about retirement. <laughs> Heard Stephen A. Smith, old weak push-up having ass, on first take talking about – uh retirement like that's it's a ridiculous it's ridiculous like he lost a fight he's he'll be fine he lost the fight all right so so i'm gonna break this into two parts the serious part is i do think he should consider it because you know there's also the rumors out there that you can tell he has neuro neurological damage from the car accidents and and don you talked about that as being a reason why Mm -hmm. he would lose this fight and People are saying, like, that's why he looked the way he looked. That's why he's talking the way he's talking, even before the fight. And they're like, you know, of course, we've we've talked about this privately. Like, his fighting has kind of changed since the crisis. Now, he's still been good. But is he, you know, at this level where, you know, you can fight a guy like Bud Crawford? Like, I don't know. Is it the car accident and all the injuries and stuff like that? Or is it is Bud Crawford that much better than him? So we don't know. And here's and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. We know. We know. Here's the other well, thing. Well, we know, yeah. The fight <laughs> told you that. Here's the other thing. I do think he should consider retirement because you know what this reminds me of? Ronda Rousey. Like, so good. And then she got her ass kicked so bad one time. It was just never the same. And I think sometimes when you get a special ass whipping like that and it's so public and, like, this is never going to go away. Like, he's going to be a meme forever. Like, we're going to be seeing this forever. I think that level of shell shock, I don't know too many people on the planet that can come back from that. And Is this his first fight since the accident? No. No. All right, then. So why are you bringing but, up the accident? But, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's I think this, I don't, this guy had never been even knocked down in a fight before. Like, right. like it's, I got you. It's, but It's there's... one thing to be dominant and then go into a situation like this where it's like people thought they were dead even. Like, this was an equal purse fight. Like, they got paid the same amount of money. And, like, that's why I say it reminds me of Ronda Rousey. Like, she was so dominant. And then she just got destroyed brutally and she came back and she just kept getting destroyed and it was over and she ended up being an actress. And I think that's where I worry about for Spence is he could go down that same road. And in boxing, I think it's more dangerous for him because 
it's not like he's going to be like fighting scrubs. Like they're going to want him to put his name to bigger fights. So I think, I think Crawford kind of gave people a blueprint on how to beat this guy. And I don't know if I want to be out there with that kind of information on me. So I think he should hang him up. Like Troy says, thank you, Troy, for watching. You got to hang him up like the gray Timberlands. And if you know about the gray <laughs> Timberlands, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just got to hang them up, man. I, I mean, we can, we can go on to the next question, but, Ronda Rousey comparison, I think it's a little off because she had one move. Once they figured it out, it was Vince has Vince really has one game. style though. But I'm not but all I'm saying is get back in the ring, take two why? easy fights, two easy fights, make money, then retire. Bro, this is like, your like last you, watch, you, watch, yeah, you watch the Creed, you watch it, the Creed movies, right? Creed 2. Uh, he, got beat, he got beat so bad by Drago the first time. Think about all the shit that he it's had to go through movie. before he would even consider getting back in the ring. He had to have a child. He went into hiding. His wife had to talk to him. His mom had to convince him. Like Rocky had to come back and make amends with him. Like All this stuff had to happen for this man just to even say, like, you know what? I have a chance to get back in this ring. Like I think that's where, where Spence is going to be, man. Like This is more like Ronda Rousey than you want to admit. This is the reason why your Ronda Rousey comparison is off is because she got the opportunity to prove herself. It just didn't go the way she wanted it to. And now you're trying to rob that from Spence. Again, it's one fight. No, I'm we don't to save know. His life. We don't. Okay. First off, this is human cockfighting we're talking about. So I don't want to hear about accidents. They get hit in the head. These UFC guys, these boxing guys, let's get out of the morality business when it comes to his future and safety. He's he's getting hit in the head for a living. You go, you go, so, Drago. Well, if he dies, but, he dies now. Well, you, but your, your, your manager in your corner, it is their job. To, safety is their job as well for the fighter. They're supposed to save the fighter from themselves. I got All right. you. Troy says this may be the near the end for Spence. Unfortunately, a beating like that makes one think about their future. Exactly. I agree with this guy 100. <laughs> are true. you going out like that? Let me ask you, it's Troy. Yeah, you ain't got hey, a choice. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Pit. Shout out to Pitbull Boxing for his comment earlier. Shout out to Troy. Let me ask you, Don, as a man, if that don't ask Don about the fight. <laughs> are you? Hey, are I'm you telling you right now, like if Don got beat up like that, he ain't going back in the ring. I will, <laughs> are I'll you bet going out like that? Every are dollar Jason I have, he ain't going, going back like in that? there. I, I, yes. I would not. You can't go out. You can't go out like that. If Everybody I going out like this that. This is the thing, Jeremy. If I still truly believed in myself, mm -hmm. I'd get back in the ring. Now that's because you're I real. Thought, Thank you. If if I thought for sure that now he did have some um like detached retinas, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if that's an issue and the eyesight's an issue, and the doctor says, listen, you're taking a chance, then maybe I don't get back in there. Did you well, not no, see his different. face? His eyesight is definitely right. going to be if, an issue. But if it's just on what Germ is saying, based right. on the beating alone and, and kind of the humility, you got to get back in there. That's your life. Like this Obviously just, health. It, it, Obviously it other like, than health. It, it's like JT always comes back after I beat him down on the show every week. Yeah, he comes back for more, right? Like yo, JT, you are Spence. You are Spence. That's crazy. Nah, nah, I'm Crawford. He, 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 he know, he know not the best with me, man. They ain't going down like that. That's why I told him, man. If if this was Don, he ain't get back in there. I'm getting uh, back in. Potential fights for Spence are Castano, Mendoza. I'm not gonna pronounce that man's name. Maybe he could do it, but it might go horribly wrong. The inactivity for PBC fighters is costing the promotion long term. And that and that almost got um. You know, that almost got the inactivity almost got Bud Crawford too. Steve right. Waldman, what up, Bud? All right. So y'all, y'all got y'all got faith that Spence gonna come back like Rudy. I say he's done like Rousey. We'll see what we happens. You didn't say he come back, but he's gonna <laughs> at least. No, nah, y'all making it seem okay? like everybody he's gonna be chanting his name in the stands and he's gonna find that strength. 
Hey, you come back. Like, it's over. Know. It's over, man. You gonna cash out, man? It is over. Yeah, Troy says he's gonna cash out. He is gonna cash out. He has to. All right, all right. So last part of this, and then we can move on. Um, I know where Don's gonna go with this, and we've been battling about this. I feel for like two years. Better pound for pound fighter, in a way, or Bud Crawford? Uh, it's no doubt it's Crawford. One, did you watch the fight Saturday night? All right, this guy. Was yeah, supposed- I know. My bank account reminded me I watched it. Yeah, yes. Spence, yeah, it was a drop in the bucket for your for your bank account. Bro, where do you get this this notion that Can I have I all this money answer? to spend? We I don't. A, I don't. Guest on tonight. We have a. Guest I'm broke. On. I'm broke just like everybody else. That's why you got a new hat every episode. I've had uh, this hat. So, I've had this hat for years. So you can't see the dust on it. So not only the fight Saturday night, but the competition he's faced compared to Inouye is much better. Ricky Burns, Gamboa, Ray Beltran, Victor Postal, John Molina Jr., Jeff Horn, who beat Manny, Amir Khan, Kel Brook, and Sean Porter. Inouye, you've got Fulton, you've got an older Nonito Donaire twice, and Emmanuel Rodriguez. Open, shut case. It's Bud Crawford. Inouye can be two. That's fine. Let's go to the next segment, if that's all right with you fellas. Look, I hate to agree. Uh, with Crawford you. has more wins. That's all I that's all I looked at. <laughs> I don't know about. All I care about. It's like he he ain't he ain't getting high, up to he not getting up early class. to study in a way to make an educated decision on this. At a like, higher weight class. No, that's some good input. class. At a higher wins. weight that's class. It. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Like you know how much I love in a way. I I've I've been ringing the bell for him for a while now, but I just think after what I saw last weekend, I got to say it's Bud Crawford man because as 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 freakishly gifted as Inouye is, and I'm I'm saying like he hurts people. I've never seen somebody be hurt like this, man. Like I was like Spence was getting hit so hard, I was seeing the blood flakes come off him, man. Like I've never seen that before, like in years. Like I, I how could I not say Bud Crawford is not pound for pound number one after, after that, man? So it's closer than people want to admit because Inouye is special too. Like he's done some great things too, like moving up that many times in weight classes and and dominating. So I'm not gonna just write him off. It's close, but prison of the moment. I'm with Bud. All right, I like it. All right, you've come over to 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 my side on it. All right, listen, 30 minutes of boxing to open the show. I love it. That's always been my dream with this podcast. Don't so, ever say I don't do I, shit for you. I, I know. Ever I, say I appreciate that. Shit for you. I appreciate I'll let, that. I'll let you have your little moment. Are you happy now? <laughs> I I'm I'm ecstatic. So. Let's go on to the real JT, Jonathan Taylor. Sources reported this past weekend that Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor requested a trade in a private meeting he had Saturday night with team owner Jim Irsay. So, JT, let me go Let me go to the fake JT first here. Will they trade Jonathan Taylor? No, because you know what the NFL hates more than running backs? Anybody want to take a guess? Demands player happiness they would rather <laughs> underutilize him as a player than trade him and get value like they that's just how the nfl works like it could be a rocky marriage and they're like you know what we just gonna stay here <laughs> we gonna stay here look at each other all stupid and if it never works i don't care i'll do anything to suppress your happiness and that's how nfl owners are so no he's not gonna get traded like they're they're just so arrogant. And I, I would almost offer this because nobody asked for Jim Ursay's comments on this. Like, like this was so unprovoked. But, like, if Jonathan Taylor is so replaceable, because that's basically the tone of the messaging that he was giving. If he's so replaceable, trade him and go draft another one and show me you can get another JT right away. Like, I don't think it's going to be that easy. But 
No, nah, they're not going to trade a man. How many times do players ask for trades? They're not quarterbacks and this shit does not happen. Jerm, you agree? Yeah, I mean, Ursay already said he's not trading him. So I don't, there's no he's reason good. for me to believe that Ursay is going to go back on his word. There's no leverage play because Ursay has all the leverage. So Jonathan Taylor can sit out if he wants and pull a Le'Veon Bell. It's not going to work for him. I, and, I, and on Jonathan Taylor, if I want to shoot him some bail, I get it, man. You have a rookie quarterback who has Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger behind him. They're going to run him into the ground, and he knows it. So I get, I get that he wants to get his money. But unfortunately for the running backs, and it's not just him, it's all of them these days, teams are looking at the data, advanced analytics. I know it's the words we don't like to hear, but running backs don't influence teams all that much anymore right you you can you can get a running back in the fifth or sixth round and just run them for the four years of the rookie contract and then draft another one the four-year rookie contracts are what's hurting most players especially the running backs now so i i I get both sides but jonathan taylor you have a contract boss you know play it out i believe you only got one year left on it too so uh, just play and and if you don't like the way the colts are handling business then leave It, it just that's, That's just what the way he's it is. trying to do. I, I um, would leave. No, he's trying to. He's trying to leave. But look, the, but look, honestly, I I agree, I agree with you. But look how they did him last year. Damn near hey. broken ankle, and they tried to make him go back out there and play so many times. Like, why would you want to go through that again? Because you signed a contract, and it's your job. And if you don't like your job, then quit. But don't don't demand a trade and try to nuke and derail your team season. If if you're that unhappy. You requested your trade. The team. Josh Allen requested a trade. Was like, I want to come to the Buffalo Bills. All of a sudden, you be pro pro trade request now. Not me. Not uh, yeah, would. If Josh Allen was with the Raiders, my, you like, bro. he's like, you know, what? trade me to the Bills. You'd be like, you know what? You know, players should be able to request a trade wherever it's a they different, want. It's a different comparison because what have I always said on all the shows that we've been on? I don't respect skill players. You don't pay them. They're easily replaceable. You, you, you rather play Jalen Ram? You rather pay Jalen Ramsey? And you see how that gets you. I mean, I'd rather pay. I'd rather pay Trayvon Diggs. I'd rather pay any shutdown corner. I mean, if, if they're worth their metal, uh, the elite running back. Give me the last. Who's the best running back to win a Super Bowl in the last twenty years? I'll be going through this again. That's such I'm a flawed argument. Over twenty-five years, years ago was Terrell Davis, pretty much, and he wasn't. And he was only good in the playoffs because when you look at his career numbers, he never ranked higher than he. He ranked in the top fifties in all the running back categories all time. He wasn't a good running back when you compare them or in, in the status that he's talked about, right? He had great, like his playoff runs are what made him a hall of famer, but his regular seasons, he was average at well, best. I, and that's I, being nice about it. Well, I wouldn't say that that one year he had 2000 yards. Yeah. Cam Newton has one MVP in 15 years of playing. Yeah, and then a 14, other, 14 years of seven and nine is Cam Newton an MVP. Or is he just? Is that an outlier? That's called an outlier, I'm, Don. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just. Don't so, talk to me about one. You played ten years in the league, and you what, tell me, yeah, he what, had that one good year. Is that an what, outlier, or is that is that a fluke? But that's, that's the fluke, thing. Buff. He didn't play ten years, and he had to have had good regular, great regular seasons to make the Hall of Fame. You don't make the Hall of Fame on playoffs alone, Germ. I'm sorry. When you have Super Bowls, you act like Terrell Davis with Robert Ori. Like he just showed up and he just showed up in the moment, get a few rushing yards, score a few touchdowns. You make it sound right, like so, he just okay, like the goal so line, even, okay, waiting whatever. to dive so, over. Like 
You need to go back and watch how dominant Terrell Davis was, man. For them but to I, let him in. You're, taking away, from, you're Jeremy, taking away from I, my point. I agree Klein, with your point, though. Use, I agree with your point. Yes. Let's yeah, use Terrell I, Davis then. Fine. How long ago was that? That's my point. Five years Fine. ago. Yeah, All right, I, then. I agree. Right. I made that point that JT, he wants to fight us on this. But 70% of those, those Super Bowls of the past years 10 years, ago. they had – Two oh of the greatest God. quarterbacks of all but time. That's the me. whole point. It's Muto. If so those let, teams let, don't have those quarterbacks, like most teams would not be good at all. Like you're making it seem like, oh, because they had those quarterbacks, exactly. they don't need a running back. Like exactly those you those teams. Those, like Tom Bra- Tom Brady is the ultimate eraser. Like most teams are not getting exactly. a Tom Brady or a Pat Mahomes. Exactly. So, so you need willing, talent on the team. I don't want to go on. This, I don't want to go on this road again. I just want your answer on JT because this this show gonna be forever. Like well, y'all are wrong I, about I that. Go up, ahead. I want to put up Michael Regina, Mike Regina, our guy. Panthers had the best running back in football and won no more than five games for four straight years. Doesn't make sense. Who's the best running back in football? They have Christian McCaffrey. Thank you. Hey, Michael, Uh Michael Regina. Thank you. So Christian McCaffrey is the best example. What is he doing for the Niners? Is he elevating them at all? No, not really. I I mentioned that to JT. Nope. He didn't get them to the Super Bowl when Brock Purdy went down. That's when you're supposed to step up. Where are you at? I'm they sorry, had the four string quarterback. Doesn't matter. You want to always make an excuse for everyone else. Oh, it was oh Tom Brady was this and that. Just admit it. You know what? Anyway, you know what? You my know what? answer. You know what? I, I hope. Answer. I hope Kenny Pickett takes you guys to a Super Bowl because you know because because a quarterback is just in every instance so much more valuable than any other any other player on the field. Like y'all it making is, it, this, is, this, is, this is why this is why people can't get money because you're like, well, we have to give it to the quarterback first. Just give yeah. it to the dudes that don't suck that make you win games. Like Kenny Pickett there's ain't making fat, you win games. Like he's not. Fat. Like don't overpay bums like Daniel Jones that throw 15 touchdowns, averaging 188 yards passing there's for a season. And be like you know what? Hey, we there's gotta give that guy 40 million dollars guaranteed. Get out of here with that shit, man. Don, answer the question though about JT. Get to that. My answer, I agree with Germ that no, because Ursay already said it's off the table. Not now. Not in October. And like, why trade him though? Yeah. He he is a great piece. I'm not gonna lie. Need him. <laughs> no, they don't need him. But he's a great they don't piece need him. to relieve. To, not right now because they're not going anywhere. They got a rookie quarterback. Bro, you said this was a Super Bowl team just me, two years ago. You said this was a Super Bowl team. So it's that's, 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 what's, what's changed. You act, you act like what has changed? The coach, the quarterback. I mean, go down the line. Let me answer. You asked. It's you wanted me to answer the question. I'm answering it, and you keep interjecting. It, he's a great piece to relieve the pressure from AR early on right listen he is the he is the top back or at least top two top three but you're never going to get enough value that you think jt because he's on the last year of a deal so why would a team take him on knowing now they've either got to tag him or pay him if they tag him he may not play like you know colts can just realistically tag him for the next two years so that means they have him for three years even if they can't work out a long-term deal no big deal you keep them don't trade them what are you going to get fifth round pick all right so JT, since you want to keep running your mouth and answering questions for us, what's the best landing spot for Jonathan Taylor? Oh, it's easy. It's the Chiefs. Like, this has been the thing that they've been missing since Kareem Hunt was there, like a dominant running back. Oh, and wait, wait, Germ. But th- they just won the Super Bowl, right? Because huh? they have Mahomes. So do they need a dominant? They, 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 they have Mahomes. Exactly. They paid they Mahomes. They have Mahomes. They haven't had any running back, though. Why? Like They get, they got lucky, man. Why Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell, tell, tell you why the Chiefs should get him. Because they had this opportunity to draft this dude. Win. They listened to they JT. This is why they can't win. Dude, and they made a mistake and picked the wrong running back. And they probably would have won a Super Bowl every year if they would have had Jonathan Taylor. But I think the Chiefs is the obvious team that should go after him just because 
he just makes them that much more harder to stop. I mean, you got Kelsey and Mahomes. Now you got JT with that improved offensive line from two years ago. They've been beefing up. If I was the league, I don't want him to go there. But for fantasy and for just the best spot for him, absolutely. Like, send me to KC. Mike, Mike Regina says, I agree with Jimmy. QBs are taking a disproportional share of the cap. This is hurting the RBs. Mike, we'll, we'll have a talk later. I'll call you after the show again. Even Daniel, if, even if JT is right, we never, we never agree with him. We never agree. With him. Whatever, that's all. Germ, they do. Germ, germ, best landing spot for the real JT. Buffalo Bills, man. That's the one thing. <laughs> Why are you even asking I mean, this question? I don't I mean, know. You didn't have I'm, any I'm Buffalo being stuff on tonight, so I, you know. I'm being I'm being real though. So you think about somebody of Jonathan Taylor. Where do you want me to send him? The Seahawks, like a team that's not going to win anything. That has like, three running backs. A, right, like a team that is close. Do do the Bengals need a running back? No, they have Joe Mixon. Yeah, they right? do. There's about to be in jail soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's not going to jail. I mean, think about the contenders, right? Like, okay, yeah, the Chiefs, but the Chiefs don't have the money. The Bills can create money. They can they can trade assets, right? The Chiefs, that's been the Chiefs' problem forever is that they just don't have enough money. They, they, they're such a well-built team that they don't really have room. That's why they're signing guys like Shady McCoy and Melvin Gordon and uh, who's the other, you know, trading for Kadarius Tony. Like, they're making these little dink and dunk tinkering moves instead of splash moves because they can't. The Bills could do it. So, and it's because Josh Allen has a uh, a, a cap friendly um, contract. Most of their big players do. So, the Bills have been that's been the one thing a high end running back or at least a reliable running back is some something that the Bills have been missing. And his running style absolutely fits not even just the weather in Buffalo, but Buffalo's offensive. Um, why would he go to Buffalo? He's going to be in the same situation he would be in an Indy, a, a quarterback that's running and mobile, taking up his rushing yards. Don, who's better, Indianapolis or Buffalo as a football team? <laughs> who's closer to contention? Buffalo? Mm, this is a tough who's one. Who's closer to contention? And I thought, and I thought it was supposed <laughs> to be James Cook season. You, you, you've been on this war path like, oh, James Cook, he's, so, he's such a beast. He's about yeah. to be the MVP. Now you he's want Jonathan year, Taylor? He's, he's a second year uh, because I'm oh, objective. This is guy. what makes me see. This but is what JT, makes me a better the question fan. Question is best landing yeah. spot for Jonathan Taylor. We're not talking just the team side. Germs answering for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, or what's Eagles. The best, right? What's the best Eagles, landing fine. spot Eagles. for Germ? Germ, where you want him to go? You want him to go to Buffalo? <laughs> Eagles, fine. Eagles. Eagles match the same criteria for the Bills. The Eagles. They lost Miles Sanders. They could absolutely use Jonathan Taylor. Are you happy now? I picked another team besides Buffalo. Nah, I know Selfish. Buffalo going to begin at some point during but, this show. Listen, no offense. Lo love both of you guys. You guys are both wrong. If we're thinking Jonathan Taylor and we're in his shoes, he obviously doesn't care about winning. He wants the bag. He wants the money. So, Chicago Bears, that's the spot. Mm. They have $27 million alone still available in cap space just this year. And then they have future cap space. So, he can get paid. That's what this is all about, right? Running backs being undervalued. You want to get to a spot that's going to value you and pay you. They'll value you there because he's going to, again, he'll relieve pressure off a young quarterback, Justin Fields. Guess what? Fields doesn't have to run as much. That means he gets to stick around longer because he won't be hurt. So, and the Bears might be willing to pay. Of all the teams I looked at, this might be the one team that one can afford it, has the capital, and is actually going to appreciate Jonathan Taylor. So if I'm him, head to the Windy City. You've played in Wisconsin. You've played in worse weather than Chicago. You're all good. Go, go get your money with the Bears.
All right, so Bears, Bills, and Chiefs. We got it. All right, JT, good luck to you. We hope you land on your feet somewhere. We hope you get the bag. Running backs matter. Um, so let's talk about U.S. women's national soccer team. This is it's tough, man. They barely survived a 0-0 tie against Portugal to advance to the knockout stage. So, of course, everyone is wondering, is our women's soccer team in trouble? Well, First, this is a dream show for me. Not only do we have Germ on as our guest, but we get to talk 30 minutes of boxing. I'll tell you that right now. 30 minutes of boxing to start, and now we throw soccer in too. I love it. Listen, yes, I I hate to admit it, but yes, we're in trouble. And But we knew going in that there was going to be parity, right? This was, you know, going to be the most competitive World Cup to date. So we knew that already going in. So that was one factor against us to try to three-peat. And on top of that, when you look in in terms of parity in the high quality of competition now, Germany and Canada, gone. Germany's ranked number two in the world. They're gone. They didn't even make the knockout phase. They got beat out in the group stage. And then really the issue for the U.S. team has been the lack of finishing in the final third. You go back, they have four goals in three group stage games. In 2019... Three games in the group stage, they had 18 goals. Granted, 13 of them against Thailand in one game. But still, like you need to find the back of the net in these knockout stages to win. If not, you're going to find yourself in a shootout, penalty shootout, and that's where the underdogs can win. Jeremy, they in trouble? No, man. They've been the most dominant team overall in all sports for years. I mean, so other teams got better around them. So what? Hey, in the words of the immortal Vin Diesel, a.k.a. Dominic Toretto, (laughs) it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, okay? You won. They're in the knockout round. I mean, even if they – I mean, whatever. What are we talking about here? Listen, I get there's people online. The losers online. They're too busy being political activists to focus on soccer. No, they're just – teams are better now. Like, people at some point – is it not good enough that we've been the most dominant – women's sports team actually any sports team in any sport for the last what decade and a half like so what like so great jamaica or whatever that other team was uh, had a magical cinderella run teams people get better around you eventually so i wouldn't i wouldn't worry about it too much man like they they're still they're still in it now if they get knocked out you know then then we can talk but uh, define trouble for me like they're still in it, so there's a chance for them to win. There's not; they're not in danger of doing anything right now. So let's let's give them some time, because if I they swear. go and dominate the rest of, if they go and dominate the rest of of, of the tournament. Nobody, nobody's going to talk about it. So let's just wait. Let's just wait and see. They are talking about it though, and I actually thought you were going to say something about family, but I should have seen that coming with Vin Diesel. But I, I got to disagree with you. I agree with Don because shoot, I got I got back from the soccer game last night, and I was watching. Was it the Portugal game last night? And you're right. They got to find a way to find the back of the net. And I think it's going to be difficult because that's the way this team was put together. Like the coaching philosophy is not about scoring. We didn't really build this team around scoring. Like it's more of defense and that's the style they want to play. And I feel like this is the wrong tournament pool for a team like that to be successful. And that's why this feels dangerous because it's not like a situation like you remember in the last world cup was like, okay, cool. Like we could be having a slump, but, we could really turn up and score goals if we need to. I don't think they can. It's because that's the way they're put together. So you already said it. This is a it's a crazy uh, tournament with parity. Like 
my team that I picked to go against them, I think is already out. So yeah, both that, that, that just tells you that just tells you how that tells you how close these teams are, man. Like, and we said this when we looked at the bracket, like, damn, it's hard to pick who is actually going to be a favorite and even who's going to be the best player in this tournament because there's so many options. But yeah, we can't score, so we're not going to be zero zero all the way to the finals. Like it ain't going to happen. So if they can't find a way to put the ball in the net, they're in big trouble for sure. Got a score. Got a score. All right. So let's shift our focus to some basketball uh, making headlines this week. The Orlando Magic, they donated $50,000 directly to a super PAC, PAC, which supports Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's presidential bid, according to a new filing this week with federal regulators. The NBA PA came out today with a statement, and I quote here, um, the Magic's donation does not represent player support for the recipient. So they didn't even use um, the name of the recipient. So, JT, let me kick it off with you first. How do you think this will impact free agent signings with the Orlando Magic in the future? Ooh, this is tricky, man. Well, one thing I do know now, I know how Jonathan Isaac was able to stay around in the Magic so long and not play a single damn game. Now, this makes absolute (laughs) sense why he's still there. But this is very dangerous because out of all the teams to do this, because this is the first team to ever do something like this, in in my knowledge, Orlando is one of those teams where this is unique. You got a black coach, young black team, and I think their GM is black. And it's in Orlando. Like Orlando is thought of as a very liberal place. And the Orlando Magic are the biggest team here, period. And they do this, and especially what's going on with, you know, like Florida passing all the uh, education bills, you know, suppressing black history teaching and things like that. Like the NBA is not the league that you want to take this on. And because the first thing I thought about when I heard this is like, did the Magic not learn anything from Donald Sterling? Like, the NBA players have the ability to get you gone. So they they better hope that this does not go left any more than it already has because Magic could be looking at new ownership if that's the case. But I do think it's going to be a problem. Like guys are already coming out and saying, like, how could you how could you do something like this and then make it public when the core of your team at all levels is black? Like that shows you have absolutely no care for the people that work with and for you. So you thought free agents weren't coming to Orlando already. They're definitely not coming now. Definitely not going to get any coaching candidates. And, you know, good luck getting a GM that wants to come here, that wants to attach their name to this madness that's going to ensue. Because this the election is going to be coming up. This is only going to get louder. This story is only going to get more traction. So I don't know why Orlando would start this forest fire so early or at all. Just to understand that it's only going to get more and more loud and more and more attention. So I do think it's going to be a problem from that at all three levels. And I kind of want to see the magic burn for multiple reasons. This is very, very, very dumb move to make. But also it's time to get something new here that actually Orlando Magic fans deserve. And this might be the opportunity. Like this could be their Clippers, Donald Sterling, you know, uh, moment where they move out under the thumb of something that's been terrible for so long and they get something new. So we'll see what happens. Germ impact on free agency. Um, probably, uh, probably from maybe not. I would say not an impact on free agency because there's going to be players who are just chasing checks. 
But in terms of getting marquee talent, yeah, like some of the uh, most of the marquee talent in the NBA are are part time activists in their own right. So uh, what it does shed a light on in my from based on what I see, right, because the Orlando Magic have anti DeSantis initiatives right they support pride night they supported blm it's orlando yeah they 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 have, they have to. they're playing it. but now here's the problem because you put the magic's name on it now it just kind of shows that that stuff is just for pr we don't really care this is what we really care about we care about desantis who thinks slavery benefits black people and we actually don't care about gay people and we don't care about this and we don't care about that so it does send a message to I would say marquee names. I mean, and and it's fans, right? Like, there's a lot of. I don't think a lot. There's a lot of Magic fans that are are feeling this. Like, it's just giving them one more reason to root for the Miami Heat instead of the Orlando Magic. It's it's been, it's, it was an interesting move. The fact that they did it under the team's name, without I'm assuming consulting the team, and the fact that the NBA Players Association had to even come out and make a statement like that, means that this caught everybody off guard what the devos family was thinking don't know i i don't know why they wouldn't just simply attach their name to it because they wouldn't be the and first this is this part for the course for them i mean this is definitely something bessie devos would do like you forget right like, but that's what i'm saying they, it wouldn't be the first time uh, an owner of a team went against what a majority of the makeup of their players stands for right like these guys these rich people stick together that's just the way it is uh I, maybe and maybe it's hey DeSantis, we think you have a good shot at being uh, being the candidate and coming from Florida. You know, maybe this is like, hey, we're looking out for you, trying to help you get to where you need to go. Remember the little guy when you make it to the top. Maybe it's a little bit of that. But a NBA team or that they shouldn't have attached their NBA team, their business to this donation. They should have just done it either quietly or as themselves, not attach the organization to it because now the organization is going to feel it and it's going to affect the bottom line i think so yeah it, it's going to affect free agency it's going to affect fan support it's going to affect a lot of things they keep going like this in terms of the impact on free agency i i actually think tell me who the last big name star or superstar orlando has been able to sign grant hill uh, tracy mcgrady right. so yeah. in terms of the impact Right, I'll get to what the magic did in the next question. But in terms of this question and the impact, Germ, you're like, yes, they're not going to be able to bring in those marquee guys, but they haven't anyway. Like right. they've always been bringing in those second, third, fourth tier free agents. The only way when you look at their roster, when they've had guys like Oladipo, Sabonis, and now Boncaro, yeah. they've had to draft them. They've had to mm -hmm. draft them. They haven't been able to bring in that key guy since Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady came in a package deal. And talk about Terrell Davis, that was about the same time, maybe 20 years ago, maybe not as long as Terrell Davis, but about 20 years ago. Bro, y'all got to get so, up Terrell Davis, in, man. In terms of the impact, <laughs> in terms of the impact, this particular uh, situation, I don't, I don't know how it will actually make anything different with the marquee free agents. Um, it's still a no-state income tax state, and they still can't lure the big superstars. So this may be, I guess, the way it impacts it, this is probably the nail in the coffin that the Orlando Magic will never get a marquee free agent. So 
the next thing I want to ask JT, I'll start with you is because you mentioned it with Donald Sterling in, in your, in your first answer is should the NBA step in um, the way they proceeded in the Donald Sterling situation after his tapes were released and what he said? It's very tough because, I mean, technically nothing illegal is going on, but if I'm the NBA and... Well, well, remember, I mean, did Donald Sterling do anything illegal, though? No, but that was more about optics that you just can't get around. Like, the man said what he said on tape. It was everybody could hear it. Like, that ain't going away. Like, this... I mean, teams... People that own teams donate to people that we don't agree with all the time. It happens in every sport. They Like Jeremy said, they just don't do it as the team. But if I'm Adam Silver, man, I'm thinking about it because... I have worked so hard for us, for everyone to call the NBA, the progressive league. Like we're all all right over here. Like we do everything on the right side of history of justice. And even though we know that's not true, because you got a bunch of rich owners that we know which way they typically lean. I think if I'm him, I want to get out ahead of this because one thing is, you know, Florida is already its own thing. Like the crazy shit that's happening here, like that media attention, you just don't want, but you just don't know what's ahead if DeSantis is going to be on the presidential trail, what kind of crazy shit he's going to pull? Like, especially if he's going against somebody like Trump, like you don't know what kind of shit he's going to pull to win. So are you sure you want one of your franchises to be attached to that? Because anytime DeSantis does anything crazy from now on, they're going to talk about him. They're going to talk about the Orlando Magic. Like, it's not the same thing as Donald Sterling, but it could have the same impact and fall out as a Donald Sterling situation. And this NBA your players can get people gone really quick. Like LeBron, all these guys, they're not standing for this. So I think they, Adam Silver has built up enough goodwill that they will give him time to make a good decision. But if he doesn't, it's going to get, the pressure is going to get tighter and tighter. So I think it's in his best interest to act early and get this under wraps and make a decision. Whatever whatever that decision is, he got to make it soon. Germ? Yeah, I, I think in this instance, Adam Silver can do something about it. Don't attach a team to any political agendas, man. Like that's not, don't do that. Like you, again, he did this as the team donating money, not the family. So now Adam Silver has cause to say, hey, you can't do that, man. Like that's not what we do here. If you want to do stuff on your own dollar or your own dime or in your own name, go for it. But you will not attach because the league has rules against this uh, for players, right? The same thing goes for owners. Conduct detrimental, right? You can't make the league look bad. That is, that's like the blanket term for anything that the league can do that may not be illegal or may not have a, a direct um, a direct punishment or a direct cause. They just say, hey, it's conduct detrimental. You made the league cast in a negative light somehow. This counts as that. And so I don't, you know, take away a draft pick. Um, and there might be some type of... Like the Magic are going to still be in the lottery next year. I guarantee you, they're not going to get close to a top pick from the Magic. Is actually a good thing for them. So I don't know if that actually is punishment. But I'm saying, like, watch, watch how many lotteries they get to get into now. Like, watch how the Magic ping pong balls don't all of a sudden end up in the Magic's favor, even though they have the best odds. The NBA is sly like that. That's they do little underhanded stuff. So we'll see. So there's you a guys couple... think you're getting Bronny. You guys you think you're getting Bronny oh, now? Definitely not yeah. getting Bronny now. <laughs> you ain't getting Bronny now, boss. Oh, hey, you know, messed up. The, so there's a couple things. First, Germ, you're right. Business versus personal. Like, one, why did they put it under the business, right? They knew this was going to come out. 
So I'm really suspect about that. That's really shady there. It's like you wanted it to come out, like you're making a statement. And on top of that, then you try to double back and say, oh, well, the check, the date on the check was May 19th. Ron DeSantis didn't officially uh, nominate himself for the uh, presidential um, race until May 24th. Well, if anyone knows anything, we knew what the lead up was. We knew that was coming if you had if you had followed any sort of political realm leading up to that. All right. So don't tell me, though, the check was dated before he announced. Oh, I was so shocked then on, he announced. It, I had no idea. Exactly. And yeah, then on top on. of that, the super PAC is for his presidential race. They said at the time when they said about the dates that they contributed it to him as the governor of Florida in the governor things he was doing, not to get into what he's been or actually been lack of doing in Florida, but the super PAC is for the presidential part of Ron DeSantis, not the governor, not the governor part of Florida. Uh All right. So there's another thing you messed up on. I will say this and part of it is on me as a fan. If you're an Orlando Magic fan and you don't agree with what they've done, the way to really hurt them instead of the NBA to come after them is to just stop going, stop buying their merchandise. And when they see the Amway Center, which Amway, right, also donates to a lot of Republican candidates because it's, I think, part of the DeVos business, is that they're going to realize what happened. No one's coming anymore. Well, that's the choice you made. And the choice of the fans is we're going to hurt you where it hurts, and that's in the pocket. Now, in terms of with the NBA, you know, should they step in? Well, there's a couple of things. There's a great article that you should read by The Ringer, and it was done back in September of 2020. And it's really interesting. It's called The Political Donations of NBA Owners Are Not So Progressive. And it goes through up into from like 2015 to 2020, it pulls the records of the donations by the individual owners. So the, again, that's the difference, right? It's by yeah. the individual owners and not the team. But if they step in here and do something, then it's like, well, let's see. Dan Gilbert, all right, $2.25 million in Republican donations to only 345000 the Democratic re- donations. Dan DeVos, oh, the magic. Personal, $4.854 million in donations to Republicans. Guess how much the Democrats? 50 Not bucks. A Take a guess. 50 bucks. Zero. What was zero? Oh, see, zero. I was close. <laughs> zero. Jim, Jim Buss, all right, the Lakers owner, zero to the Democratic donations, only 8700 to Republicans. But you get my well, point. Well, to, well, to be it, honest with you, that that list doesn't shock me because I mean, these people are all very rich. So they're 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 voting what's going to keep their tax bracket making the most yeah. money. That makes but, that but, makes sense. That, but, I understand that. But it goes to JT's point. Who's the Clippers owner that took over for Sterling? Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. Ballmer. $10,000 to Republican donations. Democratic donations, almost 8 million. Damn, Steve Ballmer's the goat, man. I know we don't got no soundboard, but if you if you can have like a clapping sound or something like that, damn Ballmer, go ahead. I, I was not expecting that. Ballmer. Go ahead, man. So, 
So the thing is, JT's right. When you make those changes, you can change the league. And it's a player league, right? So you do need you do need to cater to league. the players. There, there's no doubt you need to play, you need to cater to the players because one player can have a, a huge effect on a team in a championship. Look at Steph Curry, look at LeBron James. This is why LeBron but, James is the GOAT, because they have to make these decisions and think about these because LeBron James is the face of your league. Like in all, that's in why all, he's the GOAT. Like LeBron James is, a, is affecting the way people do business. And, and all the superstars, really. Yeah. Now, I'll stop a little bit okay, short man. to say, I'll stop a little bit short to say if the league does intervene here, because it's not a direct action the way it was with Donald Sterling, and it wasn't a direct action the way it was with Robert Sarver with the Phoenix Suns. Mm. We all know that those issues. This is a little bit more indirect. It's contributing to something that, you know, the three of us wouldn't agree to. But they didn't come out and say it exactly. And it wasn't some some physical action like we saw in the Phoenix Suns organization. So if you do want to go so far as to try to force a change of ownership, NBA's got to be ready for a legal battle, plus that slippery slope of where do we stop and what actions then could be considered removable as, as, as owner. And I was so thinking that, about that same I exact thing when I was when I was making my point when you were talking. It's like that it start it creates a slippery slope because yeah. at, at also it's like what is considered a political action? Like because I can see I can see one of these guys being like, all right, cool. If I can't donate to Ron DeSantis, then I then you can't have Pride Night or something like right. like they can say right. like, oh, like that's a that's a political you know thing you're right. putting out there like. I, or, I think that's or, that's where the NBA is going to be very careful because like all this all the progressive things that they've they've fought for to be open in their league now these owners will come back and say like you know what well, that's political to me so right. what are you going to do about it you going to remove all that stuff too yeah it's it's it, it can be a slippery slope I mean and and not for nothing I will tell you the Magic are owned by a notoriously like racist white family like it, this is not a shocking I mean, the, the the issue the issue is that they did it under the orlando magic okay. name and the only right. person in that organization other than the devos family that's happier about this is jonathan isaac so i mean i just the nba again you attached the team to it the team like this is the organization you, you once you do that there is no turning back yes the NBA can say, you know what? We don't care if you support this person, but you're not going to support a, a noted fascist like Ron DeSantis. They can pick and choose. They are a private company. The NBA is. They can pick and choose all they want. Yeah, we're not going to let you uh, support this guy because he's bad for the NBA. His 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 political agenda, his beliefs, the way he does business does not run congruent with how the nba wants to be perceived so no orlando you can't give money to ron DeSantis. but yeah go ahead uh chicago bulls if you want to give money to michelle and barack obama that's cool you know why because that makes the nba look good that in in the world's eyes and so not not a certain group of people on as unfair as you want to make that claim that's just the reality the, the nba the NFL, all these sports franchises are in the public relations business, not the sports business. Public relations is their number one objective because they need whatever, whoever the bulk of the money is coming from, that's who they need to make happy, right? We just saw this with Donald Trump. Donald Trump saw that this was the, the group of people. So we had to lean into it. Whether he believes in the stuff he was saying or not, he knew no matter what he did, 
right, JT? We were still going to think it was a scumbag. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he could have worried about us. He could have, he freed at last. He could have done it all, but it wouldn't have mattered because his perception of who he was. So we picked a side. The Magic are doing the same. This is who they know, and this is how the this is how they chose to express it. NBA can indeed tell the Orlando Magic, no, you cannot do this, and now we're going to fine you. And if you and again, because you attach the magic to it, only because you attach the magic to it, you do this on your own yeah. time. That's fine. Right. Donald Sterling was perfectly fine until he got caught on tape. Again, he didn't do anything illegal, but you made the but, NBA look bad, dog. Now we have to you. take your team from. But you. we also we also all knew that about Donald Sterling too. It was just right. that it it was never proved, or it, there was no. It got too. It got too big that the NBA. got too big. It got too big that the NBA could not ignore. Period. Exactly. Everybody knew he exactly. was a slumlord. It doesn't. Everybody knew it. That there's a difference. So now that it's all of a sudden, the news cycle got to it. The fans got to it. Sorry, buddy. We know yet you've been running this slum business out there in LA, but we can't have it anymore. You got to go, and that's what happened. All right, you got this. Go ahead, man. Ah, it's your turn. What are you oh, talking it is? about? Oh, damn, you're you're off schedule. <laughs> All right. How, how am I off schedule? All right, so so we'll we'll run it, through these real quick. Jared, so this guy can't even follow the script now. He, that's what we agreed to before the show, but whatever. But with Dr. J coming out with his top 10 all-time NBA players list, uh, of course, here at JT and Don, we started thinking a little differently and wanted to come up, you know, with a way to compare the careers of like specific players. So what we'll do is we'll give you guys two names. And you will let us know who had the better career and briefly explain why. You guys got the rules down, Pat? You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, Don, right off the bat. No easy. No easy stuff. Tim Duncan versus Steph Curry. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going Steph. He changed the game. No offense. He's more exciting <laughs> than the big fundamental. And he's the all-time three-point leader. I mean, when, when you're the all-time three-point leader and you've changed the game, like you've had the better career, and then they each have their championships. People come out to watch Steph Curry in warm-ups, all right? Like pre-game shoot-around, they come out to watch him. And he did it in an era with free agent super teams. Like Duncan missed that part. He got a little bit of it and lost to the Heat and beat the Heat and won, but he didn't get the full realm of it the way Curry's doing. And they've done it with homegrown core talent. So he's kind of bucked that that trend besides the Kevin Durant. Jeremy, you agreeing with this man? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steph Curry, generational talent. Tim Duncan, obviously, also very great, all-time great. But I'll take the, the greatest shooter of all time. He has one less ring, but he's he's just a transcendent player. And Tim Duncan was just really good. <laughs> it just it's, it, There's a difference between the two. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Steph Curry. Man, this is the shit I don't like. Y'all so disrespectful. Everybody loves the Flash, man. Are we forgetting Tim Duncan had 15 All-NBA and defensive NBA team selections? Like, and we want to talk about rings. Ray Allen making one of the clutchest shots of all time in playoff history keeps him from even getting in this NBA championship conversation with Steph Curry. But I'm sorry. We're talking about career here. It's close. Of course, I agree with you. Steph impacted the game. But, man, come on, man. 15 time in all NBA and all defensive. Like, but JT, there's no more complete player than that. Three times finals MVP, a two time MVP himself, man. And he was rookie of the year. He came into the league busted out the gate, man. I, I got to go with Tim Duncan. It's close, 
But y'all, y'all wrong on this one. When, when you change the game, like when you change, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, right. I just, I'm picking right. Tim Duncan. I'm sorry. Okay. You just doing it. A All, right. Different. All right, next one. I, I didn't think this one would be this close, but Russell Westbrook versus Allen Iverson. Jerm, I want to go to you on this one. <laughs> Who said it was close? <laughs> Somebody, people thought it was close. Yeah. Allen Iverson had white kids in cornrows wearing sleeves. In the fill, I grew fake up in tattoos. I was in the fake tattoos, little white kids in the all in the uh, Wachovia Center back when they called it the Wachovia Center. You want to talk about change the game? Allen Iverson forced the NBA to have a dress code, dog. Ain't nobody else doing that. Allen Iverson took Aaron McKee and Eric Snow to LA and won an NBA Finals game in LA. I don't want to hear about Russell Westbrook and his triple doubles. Allen Iverson, there is not one more influential player in the NBA's history than Allen Iverson top in five terms influence. top five, top five. And he ain't, he ain't two through five. He's number one period. Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant himself said, if Allen Iverson was six, three or six, two hour, the same height Kobe was AI would be the greatest player of all. Oh, time. you know what, Jerm, Jerm, I'm so glad you're making this point. Cause this sounds eerily similar to a point that I was trying to make a few years ago. And I got, Destroyed on this point forever. I said Allen Iverson was more in more more impact than Kobe Bryant, and y'all look y'all 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 never let that go. But this is better career. Allen Iverson again changed the game. His career was better. Allen Iverson, even by the one time he brought a poor Sixers team to the NBA Finals, is better than when Steph, uh, not Steph, um, Russell Westbrook went to the Finals with his loaded OKC team. So, but even on top of that, it's just all the other extra stuff. Allen Iverson is perennially considered one of the greatest players of all time. Russell Westbrook's the greatest player, one of the greatest players of this generation. But if you're picking players, you're not picking Russell Westbrook over Allen Iverson. You're never, ever doing that. All right. So, Jerm said (laughs) Allen Iverson is all-time great. He said Russell Westbrook is on the decade team at best. Don, Iverson or Westbrook, I know this is going to be tough for you. I'm interested to see what you got. So, Germ, the one part you are wrong on is that you don't think it's close. It is, man. Pull up the stats because it's a stat-based game a lot of times. No matter what sport you're looking at, you got to start with stats and then you get in. More points, Russell Westbrook. More rebounds, more than almost tripled of what Allen Iverson has. Assists, 5,600 for AI, 9,100 for Russell. Steals, they're very close. AI has about 200 more. AI, four-time scoring champ. Russell Westbrook, two-time scoring champ. Each have an MVP. Westbrook did it, averaging a triple-double. So don't be disrespectful to my guy, Russell Westbrook, and say it's not close. And you can say all you want about the the change code. I've told this to, to, to JT. When us three are no longer on this earth, no one's going to remember two generations from now that Allen Iverson changed the dress code in the NBA. I'm yes, sorry. They will. No, yes, they, they won't. Will. They won't. I'm sorry. They won't. They you remember it now. And it was 30 years ago. <laughs> but That's because you and I keep bringing it up. No, exactly. Five-year-old, exactly. And no there's five- always going to be, there's no, always going to be. No, us. No, 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 we don't know the whole story about Will Chamberlain. We need documentaries on him. We, we know enough. Still don't know. <laughs> See, Don, you're, you're Don Allen Iverson still has one of the, uh, in terms of high uh, retired players, still has a high-selling NBA jersey. Iverson is 
he will he he will live forever westbrook will be forgotten about when he retires he will visit see but that's where you're wrong you're dizzy you're you're starting to become that old guy and you're discredited he already there man (laughs) (laughs) yo yo, i'm not gonna lie germs nickname for me is he's walt kowalski man that's exactly who he is (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly who he is but hey, look, look, all right. So at the end of the day, listen, I'm gonna go AI. I knew this, I knew this one was not gonna be quick. I, I'm gonna go AI, and the reason is exactly oh, you all that you you didn't you didn't pick Westbrook. Let, let me explain why. Wait, I'm going the, no, I, no, hell no, 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 you done, you done, you done, you done, you done, you done. The answer is Iverson for everything need, that Germ said, let, cultural cultural impact. And let me finish my answer. And Russ, let me finish my answer. I'm not gonna let you talk. Paul George, Bradley Bill, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James. That's exactly why the Iverson gets it. No, you made you made all these points about how Russell Westbrook is close just for you to pick Allen Iverson. We going on to the next one. We ain't got time for this. Okay, good. They couldn't hear your answer either. Go ahead. Oh my God! Oh my God! Anyway, next one: Chris Paul or Darren Williams. So. I'm glad that Don actually the part that we did get to hear is that he said you have to look at stats. Darren Williams played Chris Paul eight times in his career. How many times did Darren Williams play a win? The answer is seven. Beat his ass. Scoring, let's see, let me look, 20% better field goal percentage than Chris Paul. He's a better shooter than Chris Paul. He's bigger than Chris Paul. He's more efficient than Chris Paul. So... Again, Darren Williams is a better player. You're going to ask me who had the better career? Only based on longevity will I say Chris Paul. But this is not me saying that I think Chris Paul is better than Darren Williams. You're Darren Williams injured. No, no, because this is a this, that's why I put this one in here. This is a legitimate yeah. argument. Like they are forever tied to each other when people do comparisons. And like you ask guys that play in the league like Darren Williams is one of the most talented hardest guys to defend like we're talking Marvel we're talking career and he said Chris Paul and and if you look at but he's trying to make it close which this one is not close he doesn't want to admit Russell Westbrook's in the same class as AI you don't even think Russell Westbrook's in the same category you didn't pick him now he says CP3 ain't even in Darren Williams listen Darren Williams, go back and look at, at the stats germ of the he last, five, that's the of biggest, last five the years of Darren Williams. To his last, last five years were brutal for Darren Williams. Injuries. I mean, come on. Like CP3, you don't think they're going to remember him? Uh, over 11,500 assists. And he's still playing at a pretty good level. I, that's that's why he had a better career. But I, I think Darren Williams was a better player. But anyone can be a better player for a short period of time. It doesn't just... Okay, maybe you say skill wise because he's taller, but Chris Paul's the better NBA player. Let's face it, better is NBA. He, was, is Chris Paul a better NBA player now, or is he better when Darren Williams is playing? That's the great point. That's close. That's exactly, really close. and that's my point of why CP3 is so good. He didn't. You. He hasn't digressed. He hasn't regressed. All right. All right. Yeah, it's, I'm not even gonna argue with it. It's Chris Paul. <laughs> All, the only stat I'm gonna give y'all is career win share. 205 to 77 CP3 over Darren Dar- 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 Williams. But yeah, I agree. Darren Williams was nice when Chris Paul played. And I, I think he was was more talented. This one is interesting though. Tracy McGrady or Carmelo Anthony. Jerem, I'm, I'm gonna go first because T Mac's my guy. I'll, gotcha, I'll be full disclosure. T Mac, my guy, had the jersey, had the sweatshirt, T Mac, drove up to Cleveland just to watch T Mac when he came into town. 
It's hey, bro, you, you did a Netflix 30 for 30, man. You, do, you doing a whole lot of shit that I didn't know you did growing up. Hey, I can lie, Jerry, you talked about Alan Iverson had a cultural impact. I'm not so sure this dude didn't have the fake tattoos with the sleeve and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think you might have had that. I wish I could shoot like, like T-Mac. Listen, it, it's T-Mac. And actually, when I sat down and tried to be objective with this, I really came out and said, it's T-Mac. When you look at the stats, all right, in 19 years compared to 14 or to 15 of T-Mac, in this time with injuries, I'm going to I'm gonna give T-Mac a little bit of benefit of a doubt. All-star games, 10 to 7 in favor of Carmelo. But this is, this is the big one is all NBA teams, 7 for T-Mac, two-time scoring champ, 32 points a game, only one scoring title for Carmelo, 28.7. That's not a scoring title nowadays. That's not score. You can't score 28.7 and win the title. That don't even count. So take that off. The only difference is really the points, and that's just because Carmelo played longer. But you look at assists, believe it or not, T-Mac. Oh, we can't look at assists with Carmelo. We can just four, look at points. Ex- that's it. Exactly. T-Mac, 700 more assists, played four less years. It's completely him. In his prime, 2000 to 2007, he was the best pure scorer in the scorer in the game. That's T Mac. He was the KD before KD existed. So literally, the argument you just gave me about three minutes ago about longevity, then I'm going to use the same. Years. Is that three minutes ago, it's four years, bro. It's four years. It was only the uh, Darren Williams played 15 years in the league, and this is what. But uh, I said what you the call last nineteen. No, but I said the last five years were brutal. That that's a big difference. I mean, CP, but you said longevity, so Carmelo like played longer. Who you got? But that's not the only thing. Come on, Carmelo. I'm going with Carmelo only because only because Don tried to shit on me. So about about <laughs> longevity. All right, now, now, now I get the real germ. Now, now it comes out. Now it comes out. <laughs> I'm a biggest mellow hater in the world. I talk shit about mellow all the time. It's just T Max. T Max peak was better than Mellow's. I do believe the same thing. I do believe T Max at the height of their powers, is a better player. But the, this isn't the question. The question is, who had a better career? This is a versus battle. Unfortunately, Melo has the longevity. He has the all-team accolades. He has the stats that matter. And I So and if, if you're talking about career objectively, I would say Melo had a better career as a solo star, right? T-Mac had way more help in his good years than Melo had, right? Melo had a bunch of old guys. You got Allen Iverson at an advanced age. Well, who who was Melo's best teammate? Uh, Kenneth Fareed, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and aging Amari Stoudemire, like it just. I mean, Jeremy Lin, it just he didn't have. T- you could say the same for T Mag. The running joke is that yeah, the, prime the, Vince the reason Carter. why the, prime Vince Car- prime Vince Carter. Yeah, T Mac T Mac was a young guy. He got out of there after his first first contract. Yeah, I mean, he still had him. <laughs> so I got to be the tiebreaker on this. Yeah, Don, I'm sorry. It's close though. I gotta go with. I gotta go it, with is Carmelo, man. it is close, Because I, 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 this was a tiebreaker for me. Carmelo had more playoff appearances, and he had better field goal percentage, three point percentage, and he was he had a ten point higher win share. Like, I, and I love T Mac too. I feel like if anybody's career is affected by injuries, as far as where we placed them all time, is T Mac. Because, like you said, he was. I think he was more special than KD was before KD because. KD yeah. ain't as physical as T-Mac was. Like, when I seen T-Mac dunk on Sean Bradley, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, 
TV almost exploded. I've never seen anything like that. So if T Mac didn't get injured, playing you, longer and being better in certain statistical categories gives him the edge, in my opinion. If t- if it wasn't for injuries, we would be talking about T Mac like we talk about Kobe. I believe that in my heart. I respect that. I like that. All right. So hey, let let's stick with the NBA and let's continue along the line, the theme of careers. Uh, but the opposite of a legendary career now. So let's play the what if game. We haven't done this on on JT and the Dawn. So first one, I'll start with you, Germ. What is the biggest what if career in NBA history? This was the, so. What do you mean by career? Because if you talk about, I'm I'm thinking like things that alter the history of the NBA, and the one I could think about. There's okay, a couple. There's a, you, you you can run you can run however you wanted to. To you can run with because if you're talking about player, then it's probably D Rose or something like that, or Len Bias not dying, right? But when I when I looked at this question, I thought, man, if the Detroit Pistons would have selected Dwayne Wade, mm. that would have changed not just his career, Chris Bosh's career, and LeBron James's career. It would have changed a lot of things in the NBA over history. In the in the Miami Heat, and yes. the Miami Heat organization. And Dwayne, the Detroit Pistons, that could have been a wow. dynasty. Yeah. I don't think so. When when I go back and look at that Pistons team that had just, you know, they were going to win the title coming in the 2004. So when they draft, if they draft in 2003, chances are Dwayne Wade wouldn't have started, but he would have learned behind some of the greatest basketball minds and the greatest, most well coached NBA team in modern history. Because that Detroit Pistons team, when you look at the roster, was not supposed to win a title. But they were so well coached. Those pieces fit so together. And now in hindsight, because now we're all older and they're older, just what special basketball minds were actually in that locker room to have Dwayne Wade be molded by that. And then he could have sat on that bench and became a sixth man and then ascended as Chauncey Billups and Tyshawn Prince and these guys and Rip Hamilton kind of moved on in their careers, much like Tim Duncan ascended into that leadership role with San Antonio. I envision that for Dwayne Wade. And then if Dwayne Wade was there, that means, you know, maybe Bosch wasn't going to get drafted by the Raptors. Maybe. And then LeBron and Bosch wouldn't have joined Dwayne Wade in Miami. And so I, you know, I, I can't look at Dwayne Wade's talent and not think he would have turned into maybe not as echelon because he basically molded that heat franchise as a young kid by himself. But I still think he would have ended up as a, a hall of fame, top tier player, just it would have been different and and maybe he would have gotten more titles out of it. But I think about just all of the tentacles that that draft pick uh, or misdraft pick affected in our modern NBA history, because I, I just just the way these that draft class just shook out at the top. Yeah, that that's definitely an interesting one. That, that is interesting. So many, so many different ways. Uh, JT, what do you got? So I, I like that he looked at it that way. That was like the whole butterfly effect. So I looked at it as more of like, I did it simple. It's like injuries slash like, like history, career altering, stuff like that. And I mean, you, you can put a lot of guys on this list when it comes to that. But you know what? You know what was interesting that stuck out to me? And I'll, and I'll give you my answer. My answer to me is Magic Johnson. And I'll tell you why. Like, you just look at when, when he retired, when he was like only 32 years old. His last season, he averaged 19, 12 assists per game, seven rebounds. I think he came off an MVP season. And just think about it this way. Imagine if Magic Johnson 
had never got HIV, and he played for the next six to eight years at that level. Like, how much more would he have accomplished? Like, he probably would have more rings than Michael Jordan. He probably would have more all-star appearances, and he probably would more have more all-NBAs because they were close at that time, like when he had stopped playing. And I think he possibly could catch Michael Jordan in, in MVPs with five. Like, if if Magic Johnson never had to retire, like, there's a strong possibility that we're looking at we're talking about him as the best player of all time and maybe not Michael Jordan. And when you talk about like historical significance of, you know, an injury or a situation altering history, I think you got to look at somebody like Magic Johnson, man. Like he was still in his prime and he could easily have played for another decade. Think about everything that he could have accomplished in that time frame, looking at the last season that he played and where he was as far as the skill level. So that's who I picked. That's a, that's a good one. That's actually a good one that I think some people forget because he had such a good career up until then and had already played like 12 years. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that Germ actually mentioned. It's Len Bias. To me, that's number one because it wasn't even an injury. We never even got a chance to see this guy. And this is the thing. He was drafted in 1986. And we know the tragic story by now, unfortunately. But it's not only like a what if of of how good of a player he could have been, but you hear all the good things he was as a, as a person. So we don't know what kind of impact off the court he could have had too. But then looking at his career, the Celtics were able to get this guy like number two or something overall. And they had, they then lose in the 87 finals, I think to the Lakers in six games. Like, can you imagine you talk about D Wade stepping in for Detroit Pistons and, and carrying that torch. Len bias was the next one up for the Celtics, right? Went from like Russell, they had a little down, down point to then Bird. It was going to transition to this guy. This guy was like, you know, he was like the next Michael Jordan, essentially. He was the guy that could compete with Michael Jordan. And I mean, how many records could he have had? We don't know. How many more rings could Bird have had? Maybe Bias helps them in the 87 finals. And now he's got more rings than Magic. Like, and maybe that doesn't transition so well for the Lakers into the nineties and the two thousands because Len bias is with the Celtics. Now teams, guys, superstars like Kobe rather play for Boston than the Lakers. I'm not saying Kobe in particular, but maybe Shaq goes to Boston instead of, instead of LA. But I just think it's him because of the comparison, you know, um, with, with MJ and then just the impact on the Celtics organization. It wasn't like he was going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? He was going to the Celtics organization. And you know he was going to be good. They were going to make him good. He was going to be good. He was going to play with Larry Bird. So I, I think there's – it's to me, it's just no doubt that it's him because talk about the tentacle effect. Maybe, maybe MJ gets one ring. Maybe he can't even get out of the East. He loses to the Pistons, and he's still got to deal with Len Bias and the Celtics because we forget, like – the Celtics were still making the playoffs in the early 90s. Even though Bird and McHale were older, they were still making the playoffs. So, all right, let's go to the NFL history. The biggest what if in NFL history. Germ? So, again, I, I approached this one like I did with the NBA, and this one actually was really easy for me. The biggest what if for me in the NFL is if the Dolphins medical staff doesn't fail Drew Brees because if mm. he remains a Dolphin – the Dolphins would have been better, correct? Who was coaching the Dolphins when Drew Brees was drafted? Nick Saban. So if the Dolphins were better, Nick Saban maybe doesn't run to college and go to Alabama 
And if he never does, then the Crimson Tide wouldn't be the college superpower they are. So all those college players, those great college players that came from Alabama when Saban was there, their draft stock would have changed. Everything would have been different. The players that we have may not have ever went there. They may have went to different colleges. But it altered everybody's career. Nick Saban's possibly, you know, delaying him going to college for at least another year at bare minimum. Or Drew Brees, who maybe doesn't become, you know, uh, the Drew Brees that we all know for for New Orleans. But I, I the guy had talent. I mean, that would have helped the Dolphins tremendously uh, to have to have somebody like Drew Brees uh, as their quarterback. So I, when I think about the what ifs, I think about how uh, how the Dolphins messed up in in passing on Drew Brees. Jeremy coming up so, with some good ones. He's trying to change NBA and NFL history, man. I know, uh-huh. man. Damn. <laughs> Uh, JT, what do you got? Oh, man, there there's so many ways you can go with this. I didn't want to pick, you know, like one of like a top one. I feel like I felt somebody on this panel would probably pick. But the one that stood, stood out to me is because I think people forget how dominant this guy was. It's Priest Holmes. Like you forget that three year stretch he had. He averaged fifteen hundred yards rushing and 19 touchdowns for three straight years. And then the fourth year we got hurt. I think he played like what, eight games. He almost had a thousand yards and had like 14 touchdowns in the eight games. Then he was only 31. Like, can you imagine if he played another three or four years in that system and he like was healthy? Like, obviously the neck injury ended his career you know, a couple years later, but I mean, really, he wasn't the same after that. After that fourth year, he got hurt with the ankle and the neck injury. But I mean, you want to talk about a guy playing in a perfect system, and I feel like he really wasn't getting hit like that. Like. It was just a match made in heaven. You saw it on the field. Like the numbers that this dude was putting up in that three-year stretch was crazy. And it wasn't like a Derrick Henry type vibe where it's like, yeah, we're just running him into the ground. He's hitting everybody. Like this dude was this dude was beating people in space, breaking long touchdowns. But to average 1,500 yards rushing and almost 20 touchdowns for three straight years and be on pace to break that in year four, and you only 31, like I got to think like mm-hmm. – where would he have been if he would have played four or five more years in with the Chiefs? Like, what? Where are we talking about Priest Holmes? Like, amongst the all-time great running backs? Because we talked about Terrell Davis on this show. We talk about it all the time. Like, he was dominant for a short stretch. He wasn't this dominant. Like, you want to talk about being dominant without rings? Like, Priest Holmes is at the top when it comes to players like that. So that's that's the person I went to. I, I'm going to go running back as well, but I'm going to go with the man, Bo Jackson. He played uh. only four seasons in the NFL. He averaged 73.2 yards a game, which doesn't sound great, but that's actually unbelievable. <laughs> but it's actually unbelievable when you're splitting carries with Hall of Famer Marcus Allen. So can you yeah. imagine that? I, I mean, there wasn't enough time or possessions or snaps for the two of them, but still 73.2 yards a game. Had he kept that average and played in – you know, three times more games because he was only playing about 10 games a year in those four seasons because of baseball. So had he played just a total of three times more of those games, which is essentially, you know, he played in maybe like 40 games or so. So had he played closer to like 90 or 100, he ends up with 8,000 yards. He's a top 45 um, running back all time in terms of stats. And he was still splitting it with baseball. So just I think his his legendary status would have kept growing because had he done that four more years, five more years, six more years playing both sports, 
what he was doing every day, baseball wise and football, was amazing. You you were watching yeah, the TV. That helped, that helped Dion's legacy too. And Dion right. was not that good at baseball as Bo Jackson was. Well, see, but th- well, that's true. Not as good as Bo, but Dion was still better. Yeah, Dion was good. Most, I mean, he, most, he wasn't Bo Jackson. You're right. He wasn't Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson's making All Star games, and, and and you know he's he's crushing the ball. So and he's also throwing you out. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. we missed out on things that we could have seen. You know, yeah. think of the things we just saw with Bo running into the tunnel in Seattle, running over Boz at the goal line. We missed out on years of the amazing plays he could do, not only in baseball, but in particular football. So so I, I went Bo Jackson on that. Yeah, Scott agrees as you said. What if Bo Jackson doesn't get hurt? Two leagues impacted. There you go. He read my mind. Read my or mind. That, or that's your burner account. Whichever nah, one. No, no, <laughs> no, it is. It is. Right. That's, that's my guy, Scotty. Thanks again for watching and, and commenting. Before we go, we got to throw in a surprise, JT. Haven't done this in a while. Two quick ones. Jerm, you can play in on the first one. The second one, the question doesn't apply to you, but you could play on the first cool. one. Cool. Lionel Messi gifted pink and black beats by Dre to teammates. I guess as a welcome gift for them, even though he was the that's guy. The best he can do. <laughs> so I was going to ask, JT, I'll start with you. Do you approve and what would your gift have been if you were – Top two, top three greatest. Come on, Messi, I got, I got, oh, buddy, this is, this is like the Carson Wentz gifted everybody like, like hunting rifles. Like, I don't hunt. Like, I hate when people give gifts they would give themselves. Like, no, I mean, I probably would. I'll out of the room. I would get the best gift that I could afford that I could use. So I don't know, okay. whatever that is. But I, beats, I could give the team beats. Jer- Jerm, do you approve of the gift, and what would you give? Uh, I mean, yeah, a gift's a gift. That's fine. I, I guess I approve it because maybe the team likes. I mean, it's it's he's probably sponsored. He probably didn't pay for them. Yeah, team colors. That's literally the worst it's, headphone you can give but somebody. Messi don't got to get them nothing. They got to get Messi something. <laughs> Did you see that game? Did you see who showed up? When's the last time LeBron showed up to a inner Miami game? When's the last time that Kim Kardashian was there? Bro, Enough. It's that crazy, team. Man. That team should give him all the beats. Not the, not the other one. The gift to enter Miami is Lionel Messi. That's the gift. I am the gift. And 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 you're welcome for getting national coverage, breaking Apple TV streaming records. You're welcome for filling up that arena that probably hasn't seen more than 5,000 people in it since you guys have been, been around. I sold that out. So I am the gift for you. Uh, you guys get to be on TV and people get to know your names because of me. That's the gift. So yeah, I mean, I so yeah, I approve the gift giving. Good for Messi. Nice, nice on you. That's cool. Nice gesture, but nice in gesture. reality, it's a good gesture. Uh, <laughs> but in reality, I'm the gift. So you're welcome. All right. Now, now uh, we know. Uh, now we know how I feel when he comes on the show. Jerm is the gift. Y'all I, right here he's like, I no, am no, the no, gift. No, no, no. That's why he's in the middle. No, that's not fair. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I said I didn't want to be in the middle. We understand it. It just needed to be said. We got you. We got you. All right. Last one, only for JT. Sorry, you'll understand why, Jeremy, when I ask this. So, JT, believe it or not, last night went to a great game. In Orlando, Juventus, Real Madrid, great game. My Juventus team came out on top. Favorite part of the game, JT? What what was it? Um, So many things. Uh, first of all, shout out to our our friend of the show, Corey Gibbs, for hooking us up with the tickets. And um, yes, shout sir. out to Mama McKinney. We got to sit next to her and talk to her and meet her. So uh, hey, lovely. Weston played a great game. Shout yeah, out he to did. Weston. He did. Did did his 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 mom his mom's is is a is 
Team McKinney for real, man. Got gotta love that, man. But yeah, she was great to meet. Got to sit next to the family. But um, honestly, the best part of the game to me was just the atmosphere. Cause I've been to MLS games before, and like I thought that was cool. But like seeing like you know a league game like this, and it was a friendly, so you know it really doesn't even count. So to see that here, just that atmosphere, and see how many fans are just so passionate about it was crazy. Like. Just to see people that definitely didn't have tickets in that section don't sit in their seats, come down and crowd everywhere around you to stand up just to see. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before at a sporting event. Like, these people pay for, like, 300 level, and they're like, you know what, forget about it. We're going to go down to 100 level, stand by the beer person, and we're going to form a brigade. Like, it was crazy. You but, can yeah. Talk, yeah, the atmosphere looked great on television. It felt like a – a late summer baseball game where guys are chasing records and stuff. It, it just had that, that feel even on television. Um, more uh-huh. Juventus, more Juventus or, or Real Madrid fans were there. You Cause I'm a big Juventus guy. And it sounded like at the end they were chanting for, for Juventus. So, well, well, I didn't get to stay to the end, but where we were sitting, it seems like it was a lot of Juventus fans. Okay, good. All right. So what were you going to say? Last, last word on the show. Um, coolest thing though, I hadn't seen this shit in years. They did the wave and they were for real with it. That's so <laughs> I had, that's so I was like they started the wave and I was like, that's people so still do this. <laughs> no, nah, like they did the wave, man. I was like, all right, man, that's that's how you know it's for real in here. They doing the wave, but yeah, excellent experience in the game. But get in there. Oh man, I gotta find a better way to get there, man. In traffic for an hour and a half just to park in somebody's lawn, but I got lucky, but yeah. It was a cra- it was crazy to get there, but atmosphere was worth it for sure. That's always been the problem at the Citrus Bowl, though, right? That's always yeah. been the problem. But this is worse, so. though. I can imagine. I mean, yeah, it was sold out. Like people, Citrus people Bowl were parking it. so far, like they were taking the the 25, 30 minute walk to go to walk to the wow. stadium. Like it was crazy. Wow, diehard in the summer team. in Florida. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right, Germ. Uh, quick shout out to to your show where they can find you exactly. Yeah, uh, stuff about sports here on the Give Us a Shot Network, www.giveusashot.network. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We have streamlined all the podcasts, so you can find JT and the Don, Stuff About Sports, Divide, High Spot, and Go Talk with Marcus and the new podcast, Protect Our Queens, all in one spot. Just search search the Give Us a Shot Network and subscribe to the Give Us a Shot Network YouTube page. Nice. And Germ, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate your time. Sorry it went a little bit late but you know we're gonna have you back on and all just had to argue about russell westbrook but okay (laughs) (laughs) to all the fans and listeners out there thank you again a lot of fun and remember to please subscribe to us jt and the dawn all sports podcast you can find us on all of the major platforms and remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review in jt if you don't like russell westbrook definitely leave us a five-star review and remember to find us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So again, thank you to Germ and JT. Great episode, man. A lot of fun. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.